Welcome to Filmstrip, movie reviews presented by Continuous Play Podcast. These podcasts are spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the films in review. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. I'm Brian. And I'm Ron. And this is our review of Jack Frost, no, not the Michael Keaton one, starring Scott McDonald, Christopher Allport, Stefan Metal, Rob LaBelle, and Shannon Elizabeth. Directed by Michael Cooney, there is no box office information because there probably wasn't any. This one holds a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not the worst thing we've ever reviewed. But holiday time, you know, we did a little Blade Runner. we just come out of doing some serious, you know, Friday the 13th and Jason movies. And we figured, hey, we want to give people a little stocking stuffer. So naturally, Mutant Snowmen is the way to go. Right, fellas? Obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's one of the... um. 12 Days of Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> you know, there's this hole in Brian and mine's life, I think, since we got done with the Leprechaun films. <laughs> we don't have, like, pieces of trash to just randomly, you know, go and review different times of year, except for at Christmas time, we can always seem to find some schlock. And, we, you know, we did Santa's sleigh before, and that was a, a lot of joy. And Jack Frost, uh, the mutant snowman Jack Frost, has been on our radar for a long time, and just stuff came up. We weren't able to get it done the first time we did it, and then we moved off and did, uh, you know, Santa Slay last time. So we decided, hey, let's go ahead, let's let's get it in this time. And I'm proud to say I've seen this movie twice, three years apart. Me too. This is my, I think this is my first time ever seeing it, but I've watched it twice. Uh, since you said it to me, so. are, are you? Was uh, that good? Are you? Were you aware of it beforehand? Oh yeah, I, I was aware of it. I mean, I worked at a video store, and this is this was one of my favorite uh, boxes to look at. Yeah, it had the I hologram never... on it, didn't it? It would change when you walked yes, by. Yes, it had it had the hologram on it, and those always caught my eye for obvious reasons. But I never rented it out, so um, this is correcting the mistake. 10 years or so in the making. You say that now, uh, but uh, yeah, you know what? I can, I can lay all of this pretty much at Brian's feet because he's the one that said, we got to do Jack Frost. And I just want to know how you were aware of this thing. Cause you've only seen it as many times as I have, man. Uh, one cruel internet lookup. <laughs> we were always looking for crap, you know, and this one came up as crappy of crap. Didn't that lead us to Donkey Punch at one time, though? <laughs> Absolutely, which was a riot. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Ron, we're going to have to loan you a disc of that if Brian still has his and isn't coaster marked too bad at this point. So, uh, Sadly enough, I think mine is still in my office at work because I loaned it to a co-worker um, <laughs> who is also a, a person of that enjoys bad cinema but uh anyway and and you haven't gotten a call from hr yet <laughs> the person person no longer works there so i guess the statute of limitations is let up but uh so they yeah. got caught with it at work isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no that wasn't that wasn't why the person decided to move on proper hardcore <laughs> Oh, that was classic. So, that's it. <laughs> folks, you got to like dig in the archives. Like you, you had to subscribe to this podcast back before we really knew what we were doing to get that joke. So, um, 
But uh, that, that, and that is to say that we know what we're doing now. But anyway, I guess we need to get into Jack Frost. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out to Brian here to to do the plot summary and tell us what in the world this movie is about, and then uh, we can talk about it here. This movie takes place in the fictional town of Snowmonton, great name, where. On a week before Christmas, a truck carrying a serial killer, Jack Frost, to his execution crashes into a genetics truck. The genetic material causes Jack's body to mutate and fuse together with the snow on the ground. Jack is presumed dead and his body melts away. However, he comes back as a killer snowman and takes revenge on the man who finally caught him, Sheriff Sam Tyler. The snowman kills several people, including two agents, on his trail before the sheriff throws him in a truck bed full of, get this, antifreeze, <laughs> which melts Jack and allows the town folks to bottle him up and bury him in the ground. But now before he glows again underground. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the antifreeze in the ground, that's a good idea. But I Always, guess, right? I, I guess Snowbison's got other problems at this point. They got to hide mass murder uh, from the world. Um, I think I knew right from the get go what I was in for when we we get this uh, state execution transfer vehicle. Which, by the way, my understanding of death row is that they don't like just jockey you around the state. Once they kind of get you where you are, they really just throw you in a dungeon and wait to kill you. That's they, they're not going to move you around. <laughs> You know, for this moment, they might move you around the prison, but they're not moving you down the street. You know, it's called the lawn walk, not the lawn drive. Yeah. So he's I mean, like he they give us this whole backstory of this guy. He killed. What is it? 40 people over a number of years, over several states. I mean, he's like the most recognized serial killer known to man. I mean, this guy's racked up a body count. You know, he's it's pretty impressive. And the fact that they like take no more precaution other than to handcuff him up in a truck on a snowy night. <laughs> I'm like, well, all of you deserve to die. And that, that's exactly what happened. So I, I knew what I was getting from the first line of Scott uh, McDonald here, who plays, I guess, the human forms of Jack Frost. I don't know if he's in that big puffy suit. We're going to talk about that in a second. But this I like, sure hope not. I mean, just the facial expressions on this guy. He knew clearly what kind of movie he was in, right? I think that was the best part of it was he, he looked like a psychopath serial killer based on his facial expressions and his attitude. I thought that was actually really well done. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of a, it, it was a, it was a nice treat to see a face before we got um right into the world of the foam rubber snowman. <laughs> yeah, he does look like an excuse for, like, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. When they, I mean, he looks like a guy wearing pillows. That's that's really what we get here. So it's it's pretty intense. Uh, I don't, I'll give him credit for one thing. They clearly told him, you're a serial killer that has a huge body count, and the cops are deathly afraid of you. And so he's like, I'll just play the most deranged person ever. And it's pretty well what we get out of him. I mean, he acts like he's off his rocker the whole time. And uh, I guess for better or worse, it works. I mean, look, if we're going into this, I'm going to have to go into the fact that we're going to get a mutant killer snowman. I'm actually, I didn't know there was mutant killer snowman. I didn't know we were going to get 
you know, Jurassic Park level genetics lessons here. Um, maybe not Jurassic Park, maybe the Lost World. Um, <laughs> genetics lessons here uh, to get this. I didn't know how all this came about. I thought lightning strikes, Frankenstein's piss, a dog, something. You know, something will get him into the mutant snowman land. But no, they have a, a car wreck that. I can say it's pretty impressive. The uh, the tanker from the genetic material colliding with the prison truck is uh, pretty impressive when it uh, blows loose and uh, he gives that whole "oh this is gonna hurt" line. There's the uh, water sprays on him in the in the night cold. I just don't know if I've ever seen a truck full of genetic soup. For in any movie, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, what was it? I don't think it's supposed to be genetic. Anything. It's supposed to be a genetic modifying agent. So it's like they yeah, sprayed it down of, with some goo some, and yeah, some kind of acid. You know, mm-hmm. And it was super hot, apparently. I think the last time I ever saw I saw something like this was when we did uh, Toxic Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I had feeling here that like these people have seen Toxic Avenger, smoked a few joints and said, wouldn't it be cool if he was in the snow? Because I feel like that's this entire movie's template. Like, and then it, they got, <laughs> and, and then they got all their inspiration for the creature design from the lesser works of Charles Band. <laughs> You're not yeah. uh, you're not going puppet master there, are you? No, I'm going uh, ginger dead man. Ginger the ginger dead man. Wow. Well, there's another series I think we'll probably have to finally get into one day. But Gary Busey's in one of those, isn't he? So he's the voice of the ginger dead man in all of them. Oh my stars! He's in. He's in. Oh, of course he's in all of them. Of course. Or at least the first one. He's the ginger dead man. I don't know if they record him the- <laughs> maybe they just recorded him and just re-looped it every time i'm with you though brian i don't understand like what's supposed to happen here they do reveal that to us i guess later in the film that oh it worked out better than i thought it could like the two scientists or whatever and the fbi agent and stuff but i'm never really sure as to like what exactly uh, is going on you know i don't think that was an actual fbi agent to you i thought it was he had a badge i mean yeah I thought it was kind of being uh, led to the fact that he's not really an FBI agent. He's playing one. Well, maybe he's part of the X-Files. He's one of the smoking man's guys or something. That yeah, I don't, it could I, be. I don't know. But either way, there seems to be like if you're going to transport that kind of genetic material, you know, that's that dangerous, maybe we should put it on a train. <laughs> a little more stable, less likely to you'll be running to by the prison guard. Just say not on a snowstorm night. Trains run in the snow. Those tracks get slippery. <laughs> Trains run in the snow. So I just don't well, run obviously. wide open. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway. So I I like though I do I will say that the the effect here of him fusing with the snow it's as bad as you think it could be but it it actually fits like if that had looked good I would have been disappointed I'm kind of glad that it does look kind of like he just sort of it's like they have a mannequin and they do the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark meltdown on one and throw it <laughs> throw him in some fake snow right some really fake snow yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rely on Brian's knowledge of snow here because you live in a place that might get it. It just started raining again, and we're in December here where I live in the South, so I don't I won't see snow this year. Ron, Louisville gets snow every I guess every now and then you guys get some snow. Uh, we get snow every we get snow pretty reliably every year. Um, 
it's we're far north far north enough where we get snow regularly, but far south enough where we have absolutely no idea how to handle it. So. <laughs> Perfect. So you get the best Sweet. of both worlds. Meanwhile, oh, you know, yeah. Brian shovels 12 feet of it out of his way on his way to work every day. So um, <laughs> snowed last night. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I was going to ask, I mean, I'm assuming this is all fake snow anyway. And how do you tell the difference in fake and real snow? Cause I'm not around it enough to know. Well, I'll tell you what, it doesn't look like they're all jagged, sharp pieces of snow every time you put something on. That's for one. It doesn't look like it's cotton. Um, Snow is very smooth. (laughs) So your snowmen, it'd be like taking um, a baseball and blowing it up. That's how smooth the snow can be. (laughs) The snow they had looked like you were... um, Oh, I don't know how how you put it. It, it, it was it was just unbelievably stupid. It was almost like I'm tearing a pillow open and throwing everything out of it. All the, the featherings falling around. Yeah, it was, it was it was bad. They seemed to be like you know how those fountains will recycle the water back and forth. It it felt like they had a machine that was just sort of trucking it over the actors every time they needed snow dumped. You know, and just off site, mm-hmm. it was just sort of recycling that every time they needed one. But. Uh, yeah, Jack remains fused with the snow and becomes mutant killer snowman. And can we just go ahead and dispense with the costume discussion at this point? Because it's pretty bad, right? Like, <laughs> the, the thing is, though, he, like, has all these, I, I call them, like, Sandman powers. Because he can, you know, melt himself to get under a door, and he can, you know, reform later. He'll make a bath right. later. We're going to talk about that. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things that this snowman can do. Like, he is, he becomes a superhero villain, and he's already a serial killer. Like, this guy, like, th- this was no punishment at all. Well, it's like he turns into water, not snow. And then because of the apparent cold temperature, he can then become a snow. It's really weird. But but yet he's afraid of, of a hairdryer. Yeah, but like when snow melts and then like you try to refreeze it, it just becomes ice. It doesn't become snow again. <laughs> right? Like there's no yeah. way it can just it can't re snow. So I don't that's what I I'm questioning logic in a film that doesn't want me to, but darn it I'm going to. I don't understand the rules of the killer snowman here. I'm I'm needing you to explain it to me. One of you two tell me what's going on. The writer said he can become water or snow. There you go. <laughs> That's the rules. Uh, well, you know, we don't waste any time with he him can, killing people, though. Go ahead, Ron. If he can become water, why doesn't he just, I don't know, come out of the bathtub faucet? Well, doesn't he later? Because he has to spray himself through door cracks. Because he can't just leak through the door crack. He has to actually spray himself through. See, yeah, that kills the whole ninja vibe. Because, you know, if he, <laughs> if he could just leak, that would be, you know, a little less conspicuous while Shannon Elizabeth is undressing to get into the uh, the tub. We'll get to that, though. we got to talk about the kills here, though, because we see, like, evidence of him killing people early on. And he, like, bends people backward to freeze-ray them to death. He doctor-freezes a couple of people, so we get the coroner, which... 
I don't know about you guys and what y'all know about, you know, your investigative murder porn, but uh, all of mine has taught me that the uh, the autopsy is not done on the site. They just take everything back to the lab to investigate it. So the fact that the coroner is like, you know, bending around the dead guy in the rocking chair the next day is uh, was kind of humorous because I'm like, you're the, the whole scene is contaminated at this point. You have no idea what you're doing. Um, but it does look like they just pulled that guy like he was working craft services and they're like, come over here and be the doctor you got glasses you look smart i think in a small town the coroner probably does do something like that um but also they usually have forensic scientists on scene to kind of determine that and the cops if you ever watch the show 48 hours yes. um they'll they'll show you um that the cops they do do that investigation right on the scene okay so I have, it, it does I have, happen I have, that way i have a friend who works for the uh state police and his job is to drive around a big van or a big like panel truck full of scientific equipment so if they find some mystery powder at a crime scene he shows up and tests the powder to tell them that it's drugs okay so they actually can do that on site then okay so there's some real i don't i don't think there's a lot of uh sawing dead bodies into pieces or anything in in the real world though yeah that was <laughs> a little off-putting <laughs> to, say the, to say the least about the way that that went down um i do have to say i do have to say though that the coroner was brilliant in this movie <laughs> just his awe of how everything was being done when the guy gets the axe shoved down his throat he's like that had to come with a lot of force just to make it go down the throat like it did it's yeah, unbelievable no, yeah no shit sherlock yeah <laughs> that's, that's it, what was, I was... it was so good though he, he was just awesome <laughs> well th we got to talk about the kid that gets killed before him the bully that gets beheaded by the sleigh that was yeah i actually thought they're not going to do it and the funny thing about it is okay so ron you and i are both fans of the film sinister right and anybody that's yeah. seen Sinister, spoiler alert, there's a great lawnmower scene that like cuts away at the very last possible second where it's about to hit somebody. Better than head. Leprechaun? Oh, way better. And <laughs> and it I mean, and it's it's like makes you jump out of your seat. Still to this day, I know it's coming and it makes me jump. Okay, so they do the same kind of gag here, right? Um, where the sleigh is coming at the, the kid's head, but it hits him like mid temple, and then we see a head just fly to the distance. And I I wrote down, I was like, well, that's the best kill in the whole film already. They've blown it right out of the gate, and I think it is. I still think it holds up. I don't know. I like the axe shoved down the throat. To the to the a hole dad the the exactly the, the typical yeah, here, see here's the thing Jay yeah. the people that are getting killed here the mm -hmm. bully you were happy about that yeah the dad loved that <laughs> right you're you're getting two kills right off the bat that you're like yeah good get rid of that fucker you know <laughs> and they do and you're like sweet and let's kill some more people that suck and unfortunately they kill the poor you know downtrodden wife who's basically life has been drained of her whole self being, but you know, other than that, the first, the, the we don't know anything about the first guy who gets killed, but the, the next two, um, kind of deserved it. So the kill pattern in this is the same as Halloween well, the curse of Michael Myers. Cause that's what he does in that movie too, is kill all the people that you hate and the wife who's had her life drained from her. <laughs> so. There you go. Well, the, the, the fact that they call the first guy, old man Harper suggests to me that he's not like, I don't know of many popular people who are called old man whatever, no matter how old they are. <laughs> yeah, he probably shuts his lights off at Halloween. Or What about know. old Ben Kenobi? 
Hey, he was a creepy old dude that the that they didn't want Luke messing around with. Okay, he had a reputation. He was a wizard. <laughs> so I told you to forget it. Drink your blue milk. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're right, Rod. You're, yeah, it's it. We've got all these people that it seems like no one will miss, right? Like, do do the bully's <laughs> parents ever show up looking for their kid? <laughs> did you want the store owner to get axed? Because I did. Oh, definitely. He, you know what he looked like? He looked like his brother was also the store owner in Silent Night, Deadly Night, if y'all have ever seen that. You know, this mm -hmm. was sort of the competing store, right, Ron? Of course I've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, he looks like the sleazy store owner from Silent Night, Deadly Night. The only thing that was missing were those creepy Christmas carols in that movie, uh, which we didn't get any of in this. I, I guess they couldn't you know, find They were busy building snowmans for the contest. This is true. This movie so, didn't have enough money to buy the rights to a Christmas Carol. No, but I will say this though: Sally, the the mom getting killed with the Christmas tree lights and the glass ornaments in the face was pretty pretty brutal. Because, I, you know, I I've always wondered about the safety of the glass ornaments. I they're not very safe. <laughs> I think that's why I they stepped really on one the other day, and let's just say that was not fun. Were you doing like a John McClane in Die Hard at that point? <laughs> No, I had one that escaped the box. We haven't gotten them up on the tree yet, and it was dark, no. and I just kind of went crunch, and no. it really didn't feel good. No, I, I didn't mean you were fighting terrorists off in your home. I mean, did you feel no, I like know what you meant. in your uh, – yeah, I was hoping you weren't having a shootout up there, but uh, I'm glad you're here, so obviously you survived. <laughs> so you threw I won. <laughs> you threw Hans off your uh, – 12 foot ceiling but uh, and he slow mowed down with that awesome face yeah. i have a question for you guys though how in the hell can these uh barney fives tell that this substance can freeze and unfreeze itself like what did they use to deduce that that seems to be like that, that was, was fed the, to puddle them. the footprint remember is that what it was how does that tell because yeah, he though? was using his little um uh uh gadget like ghostbuster gadget on it and uh he puts it in the little footprint, and he finds out that that substance is Jack Frost, and that he can leave behind water or and all that. And I, I don't know. I assume he knows what his thing can do. Are we talking about the uh, the scientist that looks disturbingly right. like Tony Hale? <laughs> yes, that's the I, one. That guy. Yeah. I have a real thought. The stone of Rob LaBelle was Tony Hale, Buster Bluth from Arrested Development. I thought it was him. Like with some extra hair, like before he lost all his hair. Look, I'm pretty sure that uh, the agent and the the cops are the models for the cops on South Park. If you've ever seen it, you know, like I <laughs> I think they they are supposed to be the detectives. Like they're the mayor in my ass, you know those, those guys. I I swear it's these people. Like it's and this is like the dad from Invaders from Mars is our lead sheriff here, Sheriff Tyler, right? I mean what that's a joke. He is. <laughs> Well, but he's the hero. That's well, the yeah, thing. you you knew that when he walked into the uh, emergency shelter at the church and everyone started clapping for him <laughs> for no fucking reason. <laughs> Got murders. Oh, hey, it's the sheriff. Yay. Well, they, they clapped for the nice sheriff. Nice work, sheriff. They did last time Keep in Santa's sleigh for the same reason. And that at least oh. that priest wasn't, you know, hitting up a piece on well, the that side. Well, that priest <laughs> in Santa's sleigh, <laughs> let's just say he knew what was going on in that town. <laughs> Because he, he was doing heavily. He was, yeah, he was doing most of it. So we get the, oh, yeah. the, the deputy gets backed over with his own car by the killer snowman, which uh, 
that was funny to watch that puffy thing try to drive, you know, <laughs> so, uh, which was uh, well done. I mean, they're, they're bl- blowing through it here. I mean, it's um, here's the thing that I don't um, I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering what do they think the sheriff can actually do like for them at this point? I I'm guess he's killer. I, I yeah, I guess he's the, they don't know it's Jack Frost yet. No, they don't figure that out until much later. But we like this guy caught that had to be like a mistake, right? Did they ever like come out and say how he caught Frost? Because I'd missed it if they did. He, yeah, he must have. Yeah, he got lucky. Uh, basically, he got him on a traffic stop. Yeah. So he, Frost was so he Timothy McVeigh him pretty much. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember that scene? I, I he's telling him to get it. to to lay down on the ground because he wanted his wallet, and the guy wanted to go back to the truck, the car, and then Jack Frost starts mouthing off to him. That's <laughs> right. We get that great flash. That's how it right. happened. So yeah. he caught him. So Frost was on the run until then. Wow. Yeah. So the I'll sheriff accidentally you. catches accidentally catches Super Ted Bundy. Now he's the hero, and that's I think that's why. The people all applauded, number one, and number two, why they think he's going to be able to stop this other, this new serial killer. Mm. Who none of them, yeah. like, know about. Because none of them have seen the snowman do the kills at this point, right? Like, they just see no, the, no. the evidence. The Just the one remnants. guy. Yeah, but he nobody believes him. So, right. um, as, as and, the, and the dumb kid. The, the dumb kid who, oh, right, I kept, right. I kept waiting for him to die. You know, I I thought that was. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just glad the cop didn't eat that shit that he gave him. <laughs> Antifreeze in your fucking cookie mix or whatever you're making. Gross. That's that's like a slow, long, painful way to kill somebody. I saw that oh, 48 shit. hours. That takes years. So <laughs> I mean, that's you know, if you accelerate that plan, you blow your cover. That's how that goes. So. Uh, I love how Jill's brother dies, and she is horny as hell. she obviously cares right i mean really i mean look at that family right yeah they're pretty much her brother is a dickhead bully her dad is an asshole and her mom is basically a shell of a person who all she has is her hormones and her boyfriend and all she needed was a webcam. (laughs) We would have been right back in american this this had to be like this is way before that. Because yeah, she uh, was going yeah. by her actual real name. Can we talk about how Shannon Elizabeth has looked like she's thirty-five years old her entire life? Yes. How is that? Is she made out of the same genetic material as the snowman? Because she never changes. That's fine with me. <laughs> I'm not complaining I got no about problem it. With it. <laughs> but I want to know. But Rod's right. She's never at once looked like she was 18, which she's played, you know, 24 times. She's never looked like she was 25. She's never looked like she was the 40 year old, you know, mom on whatever Lifetime movie's coming up next week. But that's she because never looked, she wasn't. She never looked like a 22 year old stripper. I mean, she's. I don't know what this this woman. She's a vampire. I'm convinced. She's like a bordello of blood. Yeah, she's supposed to be. She's supposedly in her mid twenties in this movie. Like she's eighteen, I think. No, like like the character's eighteen, but uh, Shannon Elizabeth herself is like twenty four. Right. When she filmed this, which is not uncommon that they'll do that, but yeah. Yeah, but she looks. She's looked like she's been stuck on thirty five like her entire life. It seems because 
even now she still looks like she's about this age. Which is, again, a testament to her well eating habits and fitness, I guess, or whatever. I mean, she doesn't change either that or whatever dark quandary she deal she made with Legba to look that way for eternity. But I'm just blown away at the the fact that they at least are gonna poke fun at the idea that if you start making out with somebody in this kind of temperature, this is what you have to go through. And they have to peel off layer after layer after layer. I did get a chuckle out of that. I thought that was hilarious. Being a guy that grew up in the South where it's still eighty degrees in November, you know, that you know I, I I had no relational point to this, so I did laugh and, and think, I wonder if Brian had this experience in high school. So <laughs> Nope. <laughs> well, I hope he didn't kill anybody with an icicle, but you know what I mean. I had nothing like that in high school, I'll tell you that much. Couldn't find any 35-year-old <laughs> to hang out with it. I couldn't find any people my own age to hang out with, so... <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> so they're doing the layers of the strip tease. And then she's like, I'm going to go get the bathroom, you know, or whatever. And uh, boyfriend gets it with flying icicles. And I was like, it took them that long to get around to killing somebody with an icicle. You know, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like that should have been like his weapon of choice. Like he could form one in his hand and stab you with it. Right. Like if they made this oh, today no, no. on the on the sci-fi network, that's exactly how that would work. Well, but, they would do that on the, the Sci-Fi Network because it doesn't take any creativity. You don't have to make any <laughs> fake glass ornaments or uh, hit it or smash an axe handle down a dummy's throat. True, true. To me, the to me the icicle thing is like is lazy. I liked it better when you they had to make that puppet mannequin suit looked like it was carrying a weapon that was you know what i want is like that dumb mitten that dumb mitten hand wrapped around like an axe handle <laughs> so you wanted it to go full the full camp but not be able to do the superpowers yeah he doesn't need he doesn't need like superpowered ice sickle stabbings i mean you know maybe you save that for like your big finale as like a surprise weapon um, or you like introduce it in the very beginning and have him stick with it. But to me, it's like if Chucky could somehow randomly like create like plastic shivs so, out of his so, body. So if Chucky became the T-1000, then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, because I kind of thought that's what they would go with here is that he would be Terminator 2 style in it throughout this film but he does it he does go for the most elaborate kill of all time when he takes out shannon elizabeth here though can we talk about this okay so beyond the you fact call that, that elaborate <laughs> okay yes because let me just lay it out here okay so she's pouring a bath and getting undressed some more <clears throat> and he like waters himself through the door somehow and gets in the tub and i'm like wouldn't that tub be ice cold because he just well, it was don't you remember well yeah but like not like to the point that she could not lay in it like that i mean she like maybe he can regulate his temperature too i don't know <laughs> but they kind of explained it away by having her say to, she yells something like billy don't dump cold water in the tub so i assumed it was like taking a big cup of like ice water and then it, dumping it in someone's bathtub like they would notice right. it but it wouldn't be so cold that you know by the time she notices how cold it is she's already getting um, carried to death 
All I know is that they pull out the Nightmare on Elm Street one gag with that <laughs> carrot popping up out of nowhere there. And I like I already know I'm like, oh, we're about to go into a real bad place. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember distinctly texting Bryant and asking you, where's that carrot? Oh, never mind. Does he screw her to death? As a yes, snowman sir. against the wall, because that with is with his nose, with his carrot, thick nose. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think the the carrot went to a really good place. I just don't think she was, you know, all she she was for it. I mean, he like has frozen her limbs to her to where she's basically, you know, appended to him at this point, and then he just banks her into the wall while you know running off chammy lines, which are terrible and not worth repeating here. But yeah, I, I did enjoy the uh, the novelty of uh, her having like her arms frozen in his body, like they were. That, that was, was a smart. That's why I say this <laughs> is the most elaborate kill. Like he goes through extremes to to take her out. And that, let's talk about one thing in this scene, right? You mentioned the arms through the snow frozen in there, right? And he's banging her away, and her arms are going back and forth like she's waving outside a window. Okay, so the cop that sees her is meant to go get everybody and bring them back into town. So if he notices that there's a hand waving at him in a window, isn't he supposed to go in there and be like, you need to come to the church? But Instead of being like, awful. oh, okay, they're, they're okay, they're fine. Well, but, but it's also they're in the sheriff's house. Well, you still. <laughs> so maybe he just thinks you know the sheriff came to get something from his house uh, and is waving. Maybe. Or maybe we're be. overthinking a movie where a snowman rapes someone to death. <laughs> well, that's I obvious. think you got it right there. <laughs> I think I think that's completely obvious. I took it as he was like, oh, she's a little busy right now, so he just kind of you know her boyfriend and her that that's what he thought that was. You know, because he's not going to go interrupt that. That's not his job. I'm pretty sure he didn't know what was going on. It just looked like a hand was waving in the window. I'm pretty sure he wasn't thinking they were getting it on. He has this sheepish yeah, look that's not even his, face. his. It's not her house or the boyfriend's house. He could see his face. He just waved and left. Well, okay. I, well, I took it as he saw what they were doing and was like, okay, excuse me. Y'all have a good night. Yeah, and just I went on back. So. He was naive. Uh, well, you gotta remember, you got the naive cop. You got the cop that has no soul. And then you got the idiot sheriff. Right. And they're this all about the to get attacked. Cop. They're all about to Wait. get attacked, though, because conventional <laughs> weapons are useless against this snowman, though they continue well, right. to use them. Over... Let's shoot this massive men in black gun that I have in the back of my car. Where the hell did he get that? That's what he's I want to know. Like you said, he's in the men in black. <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, got a fancy a... weapon. Yeah, is there like, I guess that's like a movie tradition you have to have. If you've got like a big uh, 44 Magnum, you have to have a scope on it for some reason. <laughs> it did remind me of Rick's in, in Friday the 13th 6. You're right, Ron. I kept wanting him to go, you point the dot in, but ing, you know, or whatever. See, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I thought they were going for. Like, I thought they were just throwing in the, you know, lots of references to other movies, but with, you know, a snowman instead of. Freddy oh, Krueger or Jason Voorhees or whoever. 
I mean, clearly this movie is nothing but a riff off of everything that's come before. There's nothing. The only original thing about it is the mutant snowman, which may even not be that more original. It, it, probably somebody thought of it in the 50s and they just never got around to it. OK, so, <laughs> they made it. They made a mutant everything in the 50s. Everything was radioactive and it was going to kill us all. There were ants. There were bees. There was a friggin' fly. There were three of those. I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, they, they, I'm I'm right with you Ron. i think they're just showing us everything that we expect and go and i did get a kick out of the shooting the water in the hairdryer bit though i i thought that the fact that he was afraid of the hairdryer was kind of funny i think that's kind of lame because uh, if he can turn himself into water all a hairdryer is going to do is melt him right so what's the is problem there, is there a point where he becomes so hot he can't reform maybe is that in there anywhere so he that's evaporates? They, I mean, that's what they thought he was trying to... That's what they were trying to do with the... The... The boiler? The yeah, the boiler, yes. Yeah, because when they blow the building up, all it does is rearrange the snowman. You know? Well, and, and, and he's basically... I don't know if they're trying to make him evaporate, which would take a lot more than just a hairdryer. But it proves that that doesn't help because they throw him in the boiler and all he does is come out of steam, right? And see, reforms see, that, himself. That, again, was that Terminator 2 moment where, you know, hasta la vista, baby, and then five minutes later, oh, shit. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's right back. So I was like, well, they're just doing that gag. Okay, I'm I'm there. And they, But the fact that they go and get, like, multiple hair dryers and you have these grown people running around a set with hair dryers and extension cords to drive him back to the furnace, and it still doesn't kill him. I'm like, man, they've set this up. Like, the finale is going to have to be something else. And the antifreeze, right. oat, yeah, the antifreeze oatmeal just wasn't it. Now, we'll get to that in a second. But, the, I mean, before that happens, they kill Agent Stone and Manners. They, they take them out pretty quick. Thank goodness. Yeah. I, th I thought I was... they were going to get to live. They lasted that uh. long. You know, again, rooting for people to die. Yay. <laughs> These guys were so stupid. I mean, they come in as the typical, you know, it's our our case now. You're off it, Sheriff, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, they need the sheriff and blah, blah, blah. Again, playing all the tropes here. But uh, their deaths were, like, again, cheered. So uh, I find myself, like, Cheering for the snowman. Che cheered by who? Did you watch this in a theater with people? Because I can't imagine. They were cheered by me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I count for theater. Okay. Because so, I'm going to say, I don't know that anybody was begging for them to die. I don't know, Ron, you, you settle the argument here. What, what were you? Where were you on the side of Stone and Manners? Uh, I liked Manners, and I didn't think he was going to And I figured he was going to die. Because I did kind of like him at least once the movie got going and him and the sheriff kind of found a, a nice agreement. I assumed Stone wasn't going to die because that's the kind of weaselly little functionary character that sometimes makes it through to the end of the movie, mostly by hiding. Right. Yeah, like, I thought he would, like, drive away and go, like, Sheriff, I hope I don't see you again, but I was never here, or something crappy like that, and walk off yeah, in with the smoke. A, yeah, leave with a trunk full of antifreeze. Yes, exactly. Like that that's that's what should have happened. I I really thought he was going to get out of it, but no, they kill them both and and then they do get the idea of we'll throw the snowman into the antifreeze. And I made a note to myself that it is now the third time that they've told the do you know how to tell the difference between a snowman and a snow woman joke. 
three oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> three times they lay that one on us. And they have to get it at the end. And I'm like, we don't get we don't get anything cool. No hasta la vista, no yippee It's what's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Snowballs. You know, this the now, cheesiest fifth grade joke ever. No, I have a I have a question. When uh the snowman gets hit with the antifreeze oatmeal, does he not like does his face not start to look like flesh, flesh. instead of snow? Okay. Yes. Good. I thought it was just me. No, nope. you're right. I, I think I, it was meant to, but yeah. Yeah, so I is guess. He, is it like a, a Charles Lee Ray situation where he's got to get out of the body of that snowman or is he going to become a snow humanoid? That's what I was wondering. Like, was did he need to do some Dembala and, and you know, transfer or was he always going to be a mutant snowman now? Obviously he is. Cause well, he you remember the guy, the scientist guy at, told him, he said, you know, I can help you get back to your human form, right? And right. Jack said, why would I want to do that? I'm having so much fun. Right. Which was so never I, Chucky's thing until like four movies in, because he was always trying to get out of the body. Yeah. That's a great impression. So, that is, yeah, it's actually, it's actually better than uh, the <laughs> uh, I'm going to say. I was like, Brian, you worked on that. That was good. So <laughs> you could do uh, Jack Frost 3. Uh, that never well, got there made. There we go. Let's do it. So, so <laughs> they never got made. <laughs> but no, they, they do the antifreeze oatmeal, and then they throw him in the trunk of the truck with antifreeze, and... Then they bottle him up and bury it underground. And I love, like, they're like, we're not going to talk to anybody about this. Like, how are you going to explain that half your town's dead? <laughs> so then, because somebody's going to ask the insurance adjuster or somebody. Well, what I, wa- what I want to know is, you know, as they're finally bury him, the Calvary shows up, right? What did they tell him? Right, yeah, because they've been radioing for help forever, and it's like, what do we say? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe (laughs) what are you burying there, guys? Nothing. Maybe the same thing that the the (laughs) Haddonville police told the Calvary when they showed up at the end of part four. I don't know. What do you say? I, you know, we never see, so no idea. But drowned in antifreeze. But of course, we get that great sting at the end. He starts to bubble up. Again, and I'm like, so what, what do they do? They just bottle him up? Now he's just in parts. He's like uh, the judge. We've got to reassemble him. How's this going to work? Or is he just going to seep uh-huh. into the ground and 40 years later yeah. reemerge? And maybe as a dirt monster. Hmm? <laughs> well, you got to understand, you got to yeah. think that those, those antifreeze cases with whatever toxic material he's made of are probably going to deteriorate after some time. A couple of millennia, yeah. Millennia. Yeah, I mean, really. That's so, what the environmentalists want you to think. Well, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, back, like two thousand years in the future, in a, in a Jason X type of situation. Hey, now that would <laughs> if that's where the sequel goes, I will clap for this. It does though. So he does get a line though. I did write it down. Is that what are we going to tell him? We'll tell him it's too late. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. So and then he throws idea. the tr- so ceremonial dirt on the <laughs> grave. I know, right? It's all, they just <laughs> needed Stephen King there to do the ceremony, and it would have been complete. But you know, <laughs> as it were. But yeah, th- you know, the movie ends, and we and we were left to wonder: Will they come back? And yes, they will. But and the sheriff does come back, so they they'll revise the parts. But You've seen we- part two? 
I've seen the trailers to it. I've looked at wow. it. So I was curious. I wanted to know. I was like, I have to know where you try to go from here. Because I was like, Ron, I was wondering, are they going to go like in the future? What's this going to be? No, it's not. So uh, maybe we'll get around to that one next holiday. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, I got to ask you guys. I think I know what your popcorn rating is, but I really got to know final thoughts and if you would bother to recommend this. So what are yours for Jack Frost? Brian, we'll start with you. My popcorn rating for this is a small popcorn. I'm not going to give it the leprechaun bad popcorn, but it's it's not great. <laughs> However, having seen this before and having watched this for a second time, I found myself getting a little more into it than I did the first time. So I will say that. So do I recommend anyone go out and see it? Sure, why not? It's so bad, it might be a little good. All right, Ron, what about you? Uh, as, just as a movie movie, uh, I'm going to go with the small popcorn as well. But I can see, uh, you know, where Brian's going with it. I think if you have a, a couple of tall glasses of eggnog, uh, sit around with some friends. Like, I went to a, a Christmas party last night, and I wish I could have put this on for people <laughs> to watch. Um, it it might have ruined dinner, but I think it would have made, uh, you know, dessert a lot more fun. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's it's cheesy and it's terrible, but, um, you know, um, Scott McDonald's really a lot of fun. Um, and he's clearly, like, enjoying himself. And, well, I'm not going to say he was in an ADR booth, but I'm, I'm going to say he enjoyed himself standing just out of range, yelling his lines into, like, a microphone. So, but I, I, I'm still going to go with small popcorn. Um, but, yeah, second time I enjoyed it. Um, more, I think, than the first time. So you guys ever been to one of those popcorn stores that, like, sells all those random variety flavor popcorns? Y'all ever been around that? I don't like popcorn, so no. <laughs> Ron, you know uh, what I'm talking I, about? Uh, okay, yeah, so, I, so I distinctly remember one when I was a kid and trying a sample of this stuff called watermelon popcorn. And thinking, what an interesting idea. And I tried a little bit of flavor. And I was like, oh, this is great. And we got it. And we got it home. And then, like, you know, we ate a little bit of it that night. And you don't want to eat too much of it because it's just really sugary and whatever. And so tried eating it the next day and then the next day. And it just kind of got worse. <laughs> That's this movie to me. Like, if you spend a lot of time dissecting it, which I can't believe we spent 45 minutes doing that, but we have. Um, it's I mean, it's as bad as any bad thing we've ever watched. But if you just put it on with a group of people and you want to have kind of a goofy time, yeah, it's fine. The, I mean, the highlights of it are probably where you could probably watch like Jack Frost kills on YouTube and you've sort of seen the movie at that point. I think you, you get it. It's definitely small popcorn. There can be fun had in it, but I don't think it can be fun had by yourself. I think you've got to have other people around because I don't know that this works. I mean, this doesn't work at all. I mean, it's a narratively stupid thing, but there's something here. So, yeah, it's probably worth peeping into if, again, you're into bad movies and, and like things that fail spectacularly and stuff like that. Yeah, this is it. And I'll echo what, what Ron says. Scott McDonald really does sell the film because <laughs> I think he realizes what kind of movies he, he's in and doesn't care and just goes with it. And I can appreciate that in a, in a bad movie if somebody's going to give me that kind of performance. So, yeah, small popcorn, and I'd say give it a give it a a look if you're into bad movies for sure. But now, like if you if you really hold like Christmas as the sanctful thing and all that kind of stuff, you're going to be highly offended by everything on the screen. So you should just be warned going in that um, I hope I hope we've spoiled it for you. I, I hope you haven't uh, 
uh, just watched it and then listened to us try to explain it to you because I don't know that we made any difference in it. But And if you're going to buy movies for Grandma for the holiday season, make sure you buy the right Jack Frost. <laughs> yes. The Michael Keaton one is what you want. And maybe not even that one because he freaking dies in that movie. Okay, spoiler alert. So that's, that's not exactly a, Dude, uh, a light film. I've not seen that damn movie yet. He plays harmonica too, so it's okay. Oh, well, I don't that, know if you have to do a something. I don't know if you have to do a spoiler alert for a movie that's almost twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but just in case. So we we're we're nothing but thorough here at Filmstrip, that's for sure. As you can see from our incredibly big catalog now we passed 200 a long time ago guys like it's sometime in shocktober this year we just blew right by that but we've got all kinds of stuff on the archive section of um our website but also on itunes our itunes feed has every episode ever on it you can go all the way back to the beginning if you want um or you can stay with the more modern stuff which is a lot better uh, but we've got everything on there we you know action movies a lot of horror movies a lot of schlocky movies like this we've even got some dramas some comedies we've got a little comic book action in there tons of stuff uh in our archive section and we do thank you for joining us in our uh december uh sleaze here if you will so for this time around but we're not done for december yet guys we got some cool stuff coming here okay we, of course star wars is the end of the year so we're going to be you know doing the new star wars rogue one film but Nick and I have decided to do a double team on, on the Christmas movies this year. He's brought Krampus to me, which came out in 2015. I didn't see, but I understand is uh, pretty impressive. So uh, have either of you seen it? I've heard good things. I have been waiting on my DVR for a more seasonally appropriate time of the year. I'm waiting till closer to Christmas to bust that one out. Well, I, I am looking forward to it as well. So uh, that'll be a fun one to go. I think they're making a sequel to it even. So we'll uh, be back to talk about that. Krampus and then... Unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that what it's called? <laughs> that is that, what it's called. It was actually out this year. That sounds like a WWE thing waiting to happen. <laughs> like, really? So... No, that's, that's WCW because that's totally the Christmas creature. You are correct. Krampus Unleashed was released November 1st. Okay, so it's actually already out there, so I'm behind. Well, I'm I'm clearly behind because I didn't see the last one, but we'll we'll be doing just the first one this year, and then if it's worth it, we may go back and do the other one sometime. But it uh, should be fun again, and then, man, 2017, fellas, is shaping up to be a lot of fun. More on that in coming episodes. We'll tell you all uh, what we're planning on doing, but needless to say, we will be, uh, the three of us will be teaming up a few times, but we've got some other things where we're all split apart doing stuff, too. Again, we thank you for your support. If you like the show, do leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find it, and we will talk to you next time. So, for Brian and Ron, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, continuousplaypodcast.com forward slash movies. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and link up with us on Facebook. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121.